Hello, Voices of Wrestling listener. Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself, how many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. To the highway, in a brand new day, gotta let it go. Fast to to open the voice gate for august 8th 2023 we are members of the voices of wrestling podcast network you can find us on the voices of wrestling podcast network feed or on our own dedicated open the voice gate feed on all podcast platforms or applications you can follow us on twitter at open voice gate if you would like to donate the show click the link in the show notes we'll take you to our redcircle.com landing site no obligation whatsoever but we would like to thank all of our previous donors the way you become a donor you click the red boxes sponsor this podcast and you can set up a one-time or reoccurring donation. I'm one of your hosts. It's your old pal, Mike Spears, alongside Case Lowe. And, well, King of Gates over, Case. How, I, I know other stuff has been going on for you, but how are you holding up right now? I'm okay. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm a little under the weather, quite frankly, but I'm okay. You, you made a comment to me right before we started recording that I thought was interesting because I, I've watched everything. I watched King of Gate. I've got a written review up at voicesofwrestling.com. I watched all the YouTube uploads from the 4th, 5th, and 6th. But you said something to me before we started that I thought was interesting because even though I've watched everything, just with my own stuff going on in my life, I've been very out of the loop this week. Wrestling and Dragon Gate specifically has not been a focus of mine. I kind of just had to speed run everything Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You said that this should feel like it's one of the biggest Dragon Gate weekends of the year coming off of King of Gate, and yet it doesn't. Do you want to expand on that? I think that's a super interesting uh, way of phrasing that because I, you know, I liked what I saw this weekend. I'm, I'm curious to know where you land on it. I think by and large, everything 
upheld the level that we were seeing going into Corkin for King of Gate. Like everything there, uh, it, it, nothing blew away, but everything there was to the level or maybe just around that of what we saw before. But the thing that kind of struck me was that I kind of do my process for the show, I think, different than you do, Case, in that because of how I am in my scheduling, I always schedule Dragon Gate stuff to watch right before we record or like that's the last thing in my sketch and my catch-up list and usually i will see things around and really other than the uh, 2023 king of gate winner it just does not feel like that this week was the week that it usually feel like for dragon gate now some of that could be i know this has been a reoccurring topic for us some of that could be the fact that they've completely kind of upended their schedule especially in that you'd usually have king of gate the right after the final king of gate we'd have some sort of direction for the kobe world main event but that was great when king of gate was in may now it's in august and i am wondering we now have a main event for dead or alive we we have a full card for dead or alive we're not going to get super into it this week but i just kind of take a step back and maybe it is like the fact that a lot of other stuff has been happening in wrestling this week or maybe it is just how things kind of are but i just kind of came away from this entire week for dragon gate and especially like after i had everything watched and everything and like the one impression was like okay the the we will talk about of course kota Minor, your 2023 king of gate and the transformative tournament he had but the ter- but the company in of itself i just not like I, I know you mentioned pulse when we were talking before it's not that i don't feel like i have a pulse i just feel like that the pulse is just not as spiking as i would expect it to be yeah that's i I think that's fair i mean every once in a while dragon gate feels like it has buzz from the the outsiders that aren't watching every single show and i wouldn't say king of gate has that that could be in part due to the g1 which look i'm not watching the g1 i i haven't seen any of it yet which is not intentional it's just i just haven't had the time but waking up every morning and reading g1 discourse I have no idea what's happening, but it seems like everybody is really unhappy with it. And then you have the start of the N1, which kicked off this week. And despite what I might think of Noah in terms of quality as a promotion, certainly garners more attention and did garner more attention than, say, the opening day of King of Gate. And then you have everything else going on in wrestling. So just on the priority list, I could see a lot of people that would enjoy these shows, that would enjoy the result, would enjoy the direction, but maybe they just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, and and I think almost... Like with the G1, you kind of have a compare and contrast happening that the problems that as someone who has kept up on the G1, you you, you notice that like with the problem with the G1 field is not a problem when you do a knockout with Dragon Gate. And I feel like that as someone like that, that, that noticing, I, I don't know if I would call it just like outright like disliking or let down, but this dissatisfaction, I... I, I feel like I have zero of that coming out of King of Gate, even though this was not the person that we all were expecting to win King of Gate. I came out of the tournament going, yeah, you know what? I feel completely satisfied with the story that was told. We had a we had a bunch of things go on in this tournament. And that's, that would be something that I would think that for people who are dissatisfied, that would be very appealing, but it's just not the case. But I mean, the, as you were saying, like just the position of Dragon Gate within international fans, that's not to be unexpected though well yeah i mean i i've resisted the urge to be snarky towards the g1 and the public facing front but 
you know, I, I can safely say, even though they're, they're different tournaments, they're different brackets, you know, if this was pool play with, you know, a Problem Dragon or a Takashi Yoshida in there, there would be some clunkers. But I, I look at what King of Gate was compared to what this G1 is and the dissatisfaction with some of the names and some of the results. And I look at King of Gate, this was a thoroughly satisfying tournament. They told good stories. They had high-end matches. It was really everything that I would want from this promotion. And more excitingly than that, even though I would not have booked the winner that was booked, I do think they stuck the landing, and I do think they have a exciting and worthy Dangerous Gate main event ahead of them. Yeah, so I think that that's probably a good enough transition for anything for this. Uh, your 2023 King of Gate is Kota Minor defeating Big Boss Shimizu and Cork and Hall on the fourth on the third. That was after both of them defeated for uh, Shimizu. He defeated Madoka Kakuda and Kota Minora defeated Hyo. So in his third finals appearance, Kota Minora finally does the deal. He the, There's not any consternation about this Dream Gate challenge. He got the key in the ring in Cork and Hall, but all eyes are ahead now to a clash of the uh, Reiwa generation leaders in Oda City on the 20th as... Uh, Madoka Kakuda will make his uh, next offense of the Open the Dream Gate title against the 2023 King of Gate, Kota Minora. So for my written review over at voiceofwrestling.com, you know, I, I, as is custom normally, I, you know, I go matches one through seven or one through eight, write a little thoughts on those and, and move on with my day. I thought this Gorkin show outside of the King of Gate stuff was pretty uninteresting. I mean, there's a few things we could talk about here and there, but there are more news and notes. I didn't think the in-ring on this show was great outside of the King of Gate stuff. And so I really wanted to dedicate time to Coach Minora and retelling the story of his career. You know, a guy who's not yet 25 years old, but a five-year pro. Somebody who, I mean, we can just go by the markers of King of Gate. Think about his career. You know, 2021, he's this upstart who was red hot post pandemic push. You know, he's the first guy when they start running shows again, after a, a brief COVID related delay that they say, all right, we're going to, we're going to make something out of coach Benora. And he's a, he's a, a big factor in team dragon gate during the generational wars. He shifts to masquerade and is immediately the number two to Shun Skywalker's number one. He makes it to the finals of King of Gate 2021 against Casey, one of the best matches of the entire year, comes up short, and we think, all right, Dragon Gate's got a guy. You got to remember, he beat Ata at World and then wrestled Yamato for the Dream Gate at Dangerous Gate 2021, and we all were cool with it. It was working for us, at least the two people on this podcast. We were like, they got a guy in Coach Minora. You know, add him to the list, another success story. And then they go through the dissolution of masquerade it very much becomes a shun focus uh jason lee's involved and you see astrea and menorah kind of off doing their own thing who is the, who, who's the fifth guy in masquerade who am i forgetting dia dia oh well yeah he was he was on mass he was a big focus of that okay that makes sense i, I knew i was forgetting somebody <laughs> it's like ah, i know there was a four guys so you know menorah forms gold class it's him kato ishida naruki doi the concept of the unit, I, I was a big fan of, of Doi getting angered that there were all of these female fans popping up in other promotions. Dragon has always been the place where the women want to come see hot men and good wrestling. But there's this weird dynamic where Doi's doing that. 
Kaito Ishida is cutting heel promos, calling everybody in the audience ugly, and Minora is sort of existing, at, you know, as we doubt him at the time, as this almost bimbo character. Uh, they get the full introduction, gear, name, introduction of Minorita, and things crash and burn pretty quick. We have about a month of original gold class that is enjoyable and then everybody kind of looked around and went "Mm, something's not right here this is weird it's not hitting the way that i think everybody thought it would in a weird way this minorita guy is becoming the star of the unit and that that's where we get into trouble king of gate 2022 menor is bounced in the first round by casey and another just outstanding match uh but they did the what i will continue to label an angle until otherwise noted the BB Hulk Jason Lee match in Osaka that Jason Lee won, but was allegedly concussed during, uh, which opened the door for a loser revival battle royal in Cork and Hall, which Minora won. He cheated his way into winning that. He cheated his way past Shuji Kondo. He lost to Yuki Yoshioka in the finals. And it all just didn't it didn't sit right. You know, there's just a, a certain sourness to it that I don't think anybody enjoyed. And that parlayed into the summer, you know, him interrupting Kai versus Kondo, the abysmal nature of July 2022. And I wasn't sure he was ever going to recover, Mike. I mean, we we talked about it in depth at the time. There, there is a discomfort, and I don't know how it looks in hindsight. You know, I, I obviously haven't gone back and rewatched any of this stuff. But in the moment, and I think you'll agree with this, watching shows in July of 2022 was just uncomfortable. You had Ishida who had just left. Okuda had just been fired. And you had this main event angle. Mike, I, I, answer me this. Have you ever seen an angle so thoroughly rejected in the history of Dragon Gate? I feel like that this one is number one with a bullet. And it, it, it is something that just to fuller, fully illustrate this point with Minora, he loses to Yoshioka, who they spent the entire tournament and everything prepping, basically since his return on January 12, 2022, preparing everyone to be like, these are the main characters, these are the guys, Daya has his moment, but watch Yuki Yoshioka. And the crowd bought into it at an extent that, I, a, a common phrase that I think we, we heard a lot was, well, why'd you have to go do that for? You had a perfectly good thing with Kai and and, and Yuki Oshioka. Why did you have to go and complicate things? And in the crowd rejected the complication. It was unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's easy to lose sight of that now. But Kai had become this really effective, really dominant heel champion. And I think it was uh, Alan Forel who was the first person to really point out, like, hey, they've done such a magnificent job with Kai. Whoever beats him, it's really going to make an impact because, you know, he beat Yamato, he has the Yoshida defense, and then he has the great Shimizu defense, and then the match of the year contender against Susumu. And it really just balled into this level of momentum where you had this Kondo match, and everybody forgets because of the angle. The Kai versus Kondo match from last July was was awesome. It was a great match. It would have been... it would, have been our, it would have been our sneaky match of the year. You know, yeah. a, a number 10 vanity pick where come December, we're just going, ah, you know what match I liked? as that Kai versus Kana. That was good stuff. And instead, Minora ruined it and then gummed up the works in what could have been a very clear, very concise Kai versus Yoshioka story and got involved. And, you know, I started thinking uh, this afternoon, 
about Menorah, and I, I want to ask your opinion on this because I think you would have just a better scope of it, a, a better understanding. You know, the big six, Tozawa, Shingo, Hulk, Yoshino, Doi, Yamato, we all look at them now in a different light because in one way or another, they all made it. Shingo's become arguably the greatest wrestler of all time. Tozawa graduated to America, which even if it brings us great dismay, it brings him a lot of joy. Yoshino and Doi are Yoshino and Doi. Yamato is who he is. Even BB Hulk, you know, he won a Dreamgate title. He he has this veteran respect status on the company that I don't think was always a guarantee. Where do you rank the big sixes struggle? Because they were not always an immediate success in line with Minora. Do you think it's similar? Do you think Minora struggled more? Do you think the big six struggled more? Can you sort of compare and contrast those two just for the historical perspective? Yeah, so it's actually an interesting one where they are, if you treat the previous big six as a group, it's there's a lot of similarities. So first and foremost, uh, we have to give the caveat that uh, the big six was attempted before or somewhat attempted before and it failed and the and the individuals with the exception of probably Yamato during his first uh Dreamgate run uh Doi's uh title run although it had some 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 fun matches I wasn't going to say good case because I know you're going to get on me about that immediately <laughs> that I, I'll defend that Koji Kanemoto match uh to this day but the uh, title runs were not well received and it put them in a position where after Yamato lost the belt, that they actually lost the belt to Yoshino. Yoshino, it is something where Yoshino's run went better, but there was a lot of start-stopping that happened. And if you want to look at it as like the collective versus Minora, it took about until 2013 when Shingo defeats uh, Shima at World, ending that 15-month title run. It takes about that long for it to ha- to to kick into place. It, it was one of those things that the group itself, I would say, had a lot more um, to overcome than this group, just from the way they were booked and crowd perception-wise. That does not feel the case there. That's where I would say that Minora has the edge, because I don't think anyone could watch what happened in Corkin and on the shows afterwards and not realize, like, oh, the fears that we ha- that we have in the past that, I mean, case, I still... There's still a part of me that I look at Minora and I go, well, we'll see about this just because of the history of the system and what happens with these elevations as we saw through the big six. But you look at it and it seems like it's taking or at least the crowd in Tokyo and throughout the weekend loop is receptive to it. And we will see how things are as we get to I, I mean, the thing with Dangerous Gate is they only have Hakata and Ginky Horiguchi's 25th anniversary homecoming until then. So there's not a whole lot of testing, I guess I would say, to see if this this elevation is took. Yeah, you know, it, you can't do a one-to-one comparison here because I, I, I hope that our listeners in particular understand the toll of the pandemic in Japan and how the industry and the economy has been depleted to such a degree that it's... You know, you could be a real curmudgeon and have blinders on and go, well, you know, this show in 2023 didn't draw as well as, as this show in 2016 or 2009 or 2003. And so, ah, well, you know, it means it means so-and-so is not working. And I, I think, you know, we've had enough people that have come on this show to talk about 
just what poor shape the industry was in at the start of this year before things open up fully. And I think we both talked to enough people that that live in Japan and experience the culture that that would certainly back up the thoughts that, hey, you can't really do a one-to-one comparison. What I Multiple. do think is interesting. Yes. I just want to clarify this just because I know how some things are and how things get transmitted. Multiple people. This isn't just like us repeating. This is almost like a, 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 a just unanimous consensus about how the situation is. Yeah, it's not a guy's opinion. You know, we, we've, we, we have a, a decent little roster there of people that I trust when it comes to stuff like this. But with all of that being said, I think one of the more interesting things is Minora might have a better support system around him in terms of the Rewa 6 than, you know, say Shingo's first title run in 2008 or Yoshino's first Dreamgate run in 2010. You know, I, I would certainly be excited if I was Coach Minora realizing that I have this untapped potential in Strong Machine J. I have this very successful champion in Madoka Kakuta. I Look, I, I'm looking forward to Dangerous Gate delivering uh, whether or not Kakuta wins or not. Because I, I just I I thought people really uh, misrepresented his his entire year based off of the Kobe World Main Event. But you have him, you have Yoshioka who always steps up to the plate. You have Shun, who's arguably the best character in wrestling, and you have Ben K. and And Ben K is always going to be a threat, um, you know. And that's that's an exciting place to be. And in 2008 or 2010, you don't have a fully developed Tozawa, BB Hulk. You have questions on his ceiling. It's easy to forget now because Yoshino became a four-time Dreamgate champion, but the first, what, decade of his career, it's not like Masato Yoshino was looked at as this guaranteed main eventer. You know, he was a yeah. he was a Bravegate guy and a, and a tag team champion, and he just happened, to, it was almost like he stepped into a sinkhole, and one day he had ace-like charisma. You know, he became the guy just it was like one day it just happened i don't know how to describe it it wasn't there in 2012 and then it was there in 2013 and then for the next <laughs> eight years of his career you know what i mean like that gets lost yeah, in history no. now we all think of yoshino as like you know yes he look the thing with yoshino he was always protected in the booking he was always protected in the booking but that did not make him a main eventer that was something that for some reason somehow some way it just happened yeah, and when you like look at like supporting casts, and you look at what was happening around Dragon Gate in two thousand eight, and the kind of challengers you really had, like the the one of the nice things about not even just Menorah, but with the position of the card and how the roster is constructed now, there weren't figures like Masaki Mochizuki, there weren't Yamatos who've already had that run. You you had Shima. You had Mochi, and you could bring in like you could always have like Ryo Saito do a challenge and stuff like that. But I, but that was kind of picking someone up to do that, or they brought in outsiders. Like look at Doi's title first title run, just spotted with those because they didn't have the supporting structure there that you now have in 2023. Yeah, and so you know you could make an argument your supporting structure is now Hiromu and Fujita Junior Hayato and Tomohiro Ishii, but those guys are not being asked to carry main events you know in, in a, in a way yeah. that, a, that a liger was or an akibono was or a kanimoto was i i think it's it's a different scenario and you know you have to fit your timeline just right you know i, I don't want to go too far into the future especially once tozawa becomes a made guy but you know we're 
what, three months pretty much exactly into the dubbed Raywa 6, this being, you know, a quote-unquote thing. And I, I don't know, you know, you look at, at where some of those guys were in 2008, and I, I just think this is a much better position. And that is with, you know, a giant question mark looming over Strong Machine J and his health. And that is with a giant question mark looming over the career of Coach Minora. You know, his entire career has been chaotic in nature and, and at times, you know, a real blight and blister and pimple on the company. And then at times he's been a real bright spot. And I and I think as his career goes along, uh, for better or worse, he's going to have more situations like that. I think we'll have six month stretches where Menorah is with the wrong character, with the wrong group, doing the wrong thing. And I think it's going to suck. And then he'll turn it around and all of a sudden we'll go, hey, that's right. I love this guy. You know, I don't know what happened. He got a haircut in July. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I love this guy. And then he had that great Triangle Gate match and then went right into King of Gate. And now he's your King of Gate 2023. And, you know, look, selfishly, I still would have gone with Shimizu. And we'll talk about him in just a minute. But I, I, I think Minora winning this match, doing it in a way that, I don't I almost want to use the term boring. You know, if you would have pitched us Coach Minora winning this tournament a month ago, I think we would have salivated. We would have had all of these talking points and, you know, this and that and this controversy and, and that controversy. But he was just excellent throughout the entire tournament. The Doi match, the Yoshioka match, which is a special match, not a match of the year, but one that I am going to remember for a very long time. And then the finals against Shimizu, where I, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's something where for the second straight year, the winner is my MVP. And it's something where last year, last year in the field, I don't have that notebook in front of me, but there was a little bit of separation and there were a lot of people having uh, otherworldly matches that kind of push Yoshioka in that way. This year, one through three, Kota Minora versus Naruki Doi. Actually, Kota Minora versus Yuki Yoshioka. Kota Minora versus Naruki Doi. And then this right there, right behind it, it's very hard to look at this tournament and the output that Kota Minora had and not walk away thinking that he was the MVP, even though that was not the story that we were led to believe would be the story of this tournament. I'm still satisfied. Like, as you were saying, the Shimizu win and and future title shot was like, hey, this is a guy that I think that a lot everyone, a, a collective everyone internationally has somewhat of a soft spot for, I, I would say. Like, I feel like that there is a little bit of disparity between international fans and native fans, just in that I think because Shimizu is such a US mark, wrestling mark that like he picks up on something that appeals to that. But I, I walk away from this, I sit down talking with you tonight case and i think this is the the right decision i think now that we sat back we know what would have happened with shimizu at dangerous gate we know that he probably would have fallen to kakuda he would kakuda would have gotten the win back and we have a, a good sense of what that kind of match is and that would have been fine that would have been another solid accolade in shimizu's career but i think you look at this and you look at the two years around Kota Minora, at least if you want to talk about King of Gate tournaments, if not since uh, three or, or 37 months, the last 37 months since the July uh, reboot in front of crowds. And I walk away from this weekend thinking, oh, 
that's the right choice. I just didn't think of that. And I think that's awesome. I think that's like the best way to walk away from a tournament like this. Yeah, you know, I, I, I had a lot of people that, that talked to me last week about this idea of, well, you know, you don't want Menorah losing three King of Gates in a row. You know, it might be hard to recover for that. And I always push back against that because... How many know, keys did Hulk have? Yes, but yeah, I mean, Hulk had, what, you know, he lost like eight Dreamgate matches before his first win. I mean, it was something right, yeah. totally outrageous. But, you know, my, my larger point with Menorah was, you know, look, if it's... Let's even put Shimizu in that box. You know, uh, Shimizu has been in vibes the last two years and and 2021. I don't know if I don't remember if he was doing. I think he was doing comedy at that point. But you would go, oh, three losses in a row for a guy who hasn't changed that much. You know, that really stings. That has impact. But I, I talked about it last week. Menorah's changed drastically every single year of the last three King of Gates. It feels like a new guy is losing every year. So I I, I didn't have that that long-term pressure on him that he had to win this one or else he was going to have doom in his future. Again, the idea of Shimizu winning this and headlining a big five show to me is just very, very interesting because he's never been in that position before. But with the way that he was presented in this tournament, I, I was certainly under the belief system that Shimizu would have been really serious heading into that match. And I think that would have been really interesting. That's still something I would like to explore. I just don't know how we get there at that point. I mean, you know, short answer. Okay, well, it's one, two shot, put slams and all of a sudden he's back in the running. But this felt like the time for Shimizu to do this. Whereas Minora will, you know, this will not be the last Dreamgate match coach Minora has. And and so you have to sort of weigh that. I get what they're doing here. I, I get the Rewa six story in full. Maybe they even do Shimizu versus Kakuta. Uh, at the September Cork and Hall show, but I was really hoping they were going to go with Shimizu versus Kakuta at Dangerous Gate, just because I thought that would have been a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I I, I guess now, like if you uh, if you still want to do that Shimizu match, you can do it in Osaka. I mean, his hometown. You can do it at Destiny. He saw that one over. Kakuta. Yeah, that's true. That's a that's a weird. I mean, think about that. That's a six-month build to that match. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but he cuts that promo at the end of the May Cork, and nothing happens in June. Nothing happens. Well, I guess, you know, July is King of Gate. August, he loses the finals. And then we'll have to go through September and October and then get to November for him to challenge Kakuta, and I'm all for it. But that that's a very prolonged way of getting there. Yeah, no, that, that is kind of long to hold in a title shot, you know? For a guy who has no chance of winning, I mean, you know, right, look, yeah. in, in the moment, I will certainly buy into the idea that Shimizu can hit a shot put slam and, you know, we can have a stunning new open the Dreamgate champion, somebody that really ruffles the feather of the uh, ruffles the feathers of the Rewa six, but I, it's just not realistic. Right. Yeah. So this would have been a scenario where you would just be get, talking about, oh, he gets a, a, a it's another key on the belt, essentially. And you could say, oh, yeah, Shimizu's on the list of King of Gate. That, that's something that actually I had a moment thinking about this morning in the shower. I have a shower thought for you. Go for it. You notice that Dragon Gate like we Dragon Gate is a promotion that has traditions like the national anthems before Dreamgate matches, of course, the Dream Key, and all of that. If there is like a vacant Bravegate champion, it becomes a tournament. Like there's these traditions. They have never really had like a set King of Gate thing, like a trophy or like how 
I've always liked how G1, they always add the banner with the person's name in the year that won in, and you kind of like add your tag. I know it's a similar thing with a five star because like they brought out this huge ass trophy for Minora. I'm like, oh, okay. And, and I started thinking, case okay, so it's like, oh, if they would have had some foresight, like you could have had like a really cool kind of thing. Like, give the kid a crown. We could have done yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the crown seemed like the go to there that they missed somewhere along the way. And you know Shima would have obsessed about that damn crown. Oh, he would have booked himself to win King of Gate. 15 to... It's going to look worse than Anoki in the early G1s, the MSG leagues, where it was just Anoki, Anoki, Anoki. It would just be Shima 2004 to present. Yeah, he's tapping Tozawa on the shoulder. Hey, brother, I uh, I got to go over on this one. You know, the uh, crowd wants it. What can I say? I'm going to give the people what they want. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over on this one. You're going to eat a swine a mad splash and a meteora and uh that crown behind you i'll be i'll i'll, I'll be wearing the crown i i'm i'm gonna make an executive decision here yeah the the, the crowd weighs heavy on me when i have to do this but uh schwein red lion is going to be the thing yeah that, hey man you look i i, I want to put you over i want it but uh, listen to the people out there you know shima shima i'd say you know i wouldn't be doing my job if i let you win and wear the crown i would like to wear the crown don't you know that there are some people in the crowd that have seen me since 1997 and they might be on their last legs and you better know that we can't let them down. And the way that we make sure that they can have one last smile on the face is making sure you eat the full course. You're going to go uh, Venus, Palm Strike, Iconoclasm, Mad Splash. Don't you think about kicking out at four. BB Hulk, I have some upstanding businessmen sitting in the front row. And they want to see me win. So I am going to go over. I hope it's okay with you, brother. I will be wearing the crown. The crown is mine. Uh, but thank you for doing business with me. Again, say hi to the upstanding businessmen sitting in the front row. Nothing sketchy about them. And uh, good working with you, brother. And, and this is why they have the dorky statue. Uh, this, is, this is why we have a trophy. This is why. Yep, yep. And I'm trying to think, I mean, like, two, like okay, like 2011, BB Hulk, did he... Did he get anything? I think like that there was like a certificate like they do at the title matches. Yeah, that basically that's, that's, like, a, that's a weird it's a weird thing. It seems like Dragon Gate would be able to milk that they haven't really been able to do. They even have taken away Dragon Gate's number one championship from it. Like that that was the thing like with Ata in like 20, 2020, 2021, like they got like a giant thing that said king of gate 2000 and whatever dragon gates number one championship we don't even yeah, have that i think that was the the leck sponsorship of it i think leck put that tag on there ah come on come on mr Nag nagamori well, we could have used that uh, my booker of the year i i mean how can we look at that i mean i don't we, we knew what the card was going to be at all-star junior festival usa two weeks out god that show is turning out way better than i thought it was going to I know it, it's almost like, oh, wow, you're actually like bringing in some people that might cause some like international fr it's from promotional friction. You're doing things here because, you know, the Japan show was whatever. And then I heard they were doing it in America and I was like, oh, man, that's going to suck. Like I, I just uh, no, nothing about that sounds fun. And I have like I don't have FOMO for a lot of live wrestling because I I'm just I don't know. I'm at a stage of my life. I go to AEW once or twice a year. I go to AAW when I can make it. I, I'm not fiending for live wrestling. It's just not a thing that I'm into right now, let's say. I'm, like, super bummed that show is in Philly and not Chicago. I really like what they're doing with it. 
Yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting one to, for sure. Um, and that's with, the, with no Shun or Dragon Kid match announcements yet, at least that I've seen. No, I've not seen anything for either of those two. Those two will, though, have matches coming up next weekend as a farewell for that. Uh, can, can I ask you real quick before we go back to King of Gate? Because I, I made this joke just a second ago, but I'm, I'm now curious about your thoughts of if you had to vote in the Observer Awards right now, who would your Booker of the Year be? Oh, God. Right? Uh, uh, yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, I feel like Wrestler of the Year is an is a lot more of, like, a, a, a discussion there because you can talk about, like, okay, Osprey had those months off, came back really, really strong. Who is your other ones out of that? We have Shingo having a strong year. Madoka Kakuda I would put up there. But, Wrestler of the Year, like, Flair says is Mystico. It just is. Uh, I, I mean, I, Mystico, I yeah. Yeah, like, I, I'm sorry. It just is. And, and uh, Ricardo of our Voices of Wrestling.com, I don't, I don't know if he's made this public. I think he just said it in the Slack, but he had this, he, he's, he lives in Mexico and had this very interesting, uh, I guess, anecdote on, you know, hey, we all get excited about these Arena Mexico attendances, but really it's become such a tourist trap. You know, I, I'm not sure if Mexico should get all the credit for that, but now we're selling out these Puebla shows and the Arena Mexico shows continue to be so hot. And when you, when you watch the shows, Mystico is the most over guy on the show every single week. And I go, yeah, he's the guy. You know, I, I couldn't in good faith vote for uh, a, a bad wrestler like Roman Reigns. You know, I think Kakuta and Shun should, should be in the discussion. I think Osprey should be in there. I think Omega should probably be mentioned. Same with Moxley. But it, it, Flair Fest right now in Mystico by, I, I think, a wide margin at this point. Yeah, and I, I, I still need to catch the end of the uh I, I saw i have a backlog of cml i need to do for that but like i from the from the parts of saying it is like i don't know if there's anyone in the world right now as popular in their own company as mexico is and i seem to be a little higher on his in-ring specifically than some other people i i there's you know i think some people have this idea of like, well, he's the most over guy, but you know, the six mans that headline arena Mexico shows are just kind of whatever. But I, I don't know. I, I enjoy almost all of them. I I've got a bunch of four star and four and a quarter star Mystico six man tags that I, I just, I'm, I'm very into this year, but book of the year. I mean, you it's would tough. have, to, you would have to make an argument for the CMLL team. Mm -hmm. I think, I think Rio Saito has to be mentioned. I mean, drink, drink. has been really, really good this year. You know, I, yeah. I can't I can't think of like a big bomb that Saito has had other than the way that he handled Kakuta versus Yoshioka. Yeah, that that would be the demerit there. But in a year where like I Tony Khan, I feel like it, that can't this do is it. Gonna, can't do it. But but he's going to win it because uh, because electorate. But yes. it's one of those things that this is a year where he's going to get it on plaudits, whereas there's an argue there really is a legit argument to be made that the the third best booker in the world right now is the president of the Lack Corporation. Yeah, no, he does he does great stuff. You know, he books he he does his job, which is booking cool shit. Like I'm all for it, but I mean, I can't be New Japan just from just from the feedback I've heard from this G1. Again, I haven't seen a second of it, but I feel like the G1 should disqualify uh, Gato from the running. It's not Noah. Noah doesn't run shows. I would like to talk to a hardcore All Japan fan and see where they're at there. Uh, I, I would certainly listen to that argument. It's not DDT. It's not Big Japan. It's not Stardom. I, I think you're left with like CMLL, Dragon Gate, All Japan. 
and if you want to be really zany about it, I, I would not blink at somebody just saying Mr. Leck Corporation. Yeah, and I, I think actually no, he wouldn't win promoter because Sony Khan actually has legit claim to be promoter of the year. Yes, yeah, he, he yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like probably his stronger claim is promoter of the year, but uh interesting things though, when you really think about what he has kind of inspired. Like like there should be like a special award to the wrestling industry given to uh president nagamori like like legitimately like whatever tokyo sports does for like special prizes there should probably be one this year for him i'm a little surprised that he hasn't bought an award you know wrestler of the year presented by the Lek corporation yeah no that actually is kind of surprising uh i i, I wanted to touch a bit on the king of gate final before we uh moved on to other stuff uh i thought that this was such a fascinating match from Shimizu's standpoint that you have him kind of like start on a, a, like on a tear then you have this exploder into the turnbuckle that does not go fully into the turnbuckle is just as like he starts selling his leg for a bit but then they start catching each other's moves and I thought that that was like some of the more smart things that happen on this cork and it happened in both of the semifinals matches, but like the ability to like catch the bomb, the high knee into a slam and just things like that, that I thought was like an extra element into the overall equation that does not necessarily have that often. I think it was like a nice little uh, seasoning to it. He was incredible. You know, this is, this is what I always say about Shimizu. I, I think he was, away doing comedy and away doing over-the-top heel stuff for so long that there's an entire generation of Dragon Gate fans that don't realize how good he is in the big moment. And I hope that this tournament opened their eyes because, you know, you had the Shun match and then you had the, uh, what was it, the uh, Susumu match. And then you have this here. I'm going to have four and a half stars on this main event. It, it was an absolute war, and it was one of those matches that I think started a little bit slow. I, As you kind of alluded to earlier, you know, with Menorah, there's always this sort of, you know, bite your fingernails and hope for the best uh, sort of situation with him. And it was very much the same in this match. This match started a little slow. I, I watched the first two matches unspoiled, and then I, I kind of knew what I was getting into here, but I hadn't seen anybody talk about the match, so I wasn't sure if it was going to be a total dud or not. And at some point, man, they just, they turned it up. And Shimizu, like you said, you know, him catching the running knee was such a terrific spot. There's the Lamahi Strawl that he did towards the end of the match, which looked like such a great, desperate attempt to win King of Gate. Everything about this was just what you would want it to be. And a, a, another really special Shimizu performance that, you know, it's it's few and far between that we get him working this hard in a big environment like this. But I'm always grateful when it comes around. I thought he was just great here. And this was like the first time that the Bombero actually looked good was during this match. Because he because I think Menorah is like, oh, the high knee works for like that kind of thing. Maybe I should do the elbow just as like a sliding to a downed opponent. Yes, do that. It looks like a million times better. Was that just me? No, I, I, I'm i with you there. I mean, Menorah, Menorah was great. You know, this was like the Doi match was great and the Yoshioka match was great. But this was my favorite Yoshi, uh, I'm sorry, my favorite Menorah performance, like a singular performance in quite some time. I mean, it goes back to think about the shot put slam, but then he gets his foot on the ropes. And part of that was a rare, brilliant moment from the Drangi production crew where they just kept the camera on that floor cam right by the rope. And then he just slowly drapes his foot on that bottom rope. But everything from there, 
I, he was locked in the way that was really inspiring and in a way that you would hope carries over to Dangerous Gate. And I like what I've seen since. I mean, the YouTube uploads from this week, Gold Class is not a unit that I feel particularly delivers on the house shows. You know, I, I watch those for Decourage and for Vibes and for Shun for the most part, maybe the rookies if they're booked. Gold Class was awesome on the shows that followed the 4th, 5th, and the 6th. I really, I was kind of giddy as we hit the end of the weekend, the end of the holiday weekend in Japan, of going, oh, man, if we can get this menorah, if we can just bottle this up and keep it for the rest of the month, given what he and Kakuta already did this year in April, where menorah was nowhere near as hot as he is now, we could have a really special Dreamgate match on our hands. Yeah, and let's talk about this uh, Dreamgate match that's on our hands coming up on the 20th. 20th. It's Oda City Gymnasium. It's time for the annual big match in Tokyo, Dangerous Gate. Uh, we have the full card. We will briefly run it down uh, in our time oh, remaining. Run, run, it, run, it down, run, run it down right now if you got it. Well, okay, so I didn't have it pulled up. That was oh, the well, my, well, well, Mike, I do. So the, okay, dangerous, okay. the dangerous Gate 2023 card, and you know, we're just we're in this ballpark. We'll, we'll do a full breakdown next week, but let's talk about it here briefly, just so everybody can know what to expect. This is August 20th, Tokyo Oda City General Gymnasium match number one: Dragon Daya, Kaito Nagano, and Daiki Yanagiuchi versus KZ Big Boss Shimizu and UT. Match two, Ultimo Dragon, Naruki Doi, BB Hulk, and Minarita versus Shuji Kondo, Kagatora, Prom Dragon, and Punch Tamanaga. Match three, Open the Brave Gate Championship match. This was set up on this Korokan show. Ishin versus Mochizuki Jr. There is a special six-man tag match. The Reiwa Generations, Yuki Yoshioka, Benkei, and Strong Machine J versus Masaki Mochizuki, Don Fuji, and Tomo Hiro Ishii. After that, special singles match, Yamato versus Fujita Jr. Hayato. And then your two main events, Twin Gate three-way match, Susumu and Kanda versus Jason and Jackie versus Kai and Hyo. And your main event, Kakuta versus Minora. Yeah, so interesting card. Uh, again, next week we'll do our preview of it. Uh, the, the one thing that I think is worth kind of talking about, and I'm going to jump ahead a second, Junior uh, Fujita Junior Hayato appearing in this. He appeared at Corkin after Yamato's match, and the, the two of them basically started talking trash until they said, "Like, yeah, I'm gonna go fight you in Oda City." And Fujita Hayato walked out flipping the double bird. And uh, it's interesting that Fujita Junior Hayato is doing this show. Uh, he tag teams with Kagatora up in Michinoku Pro. They're the current Tohoku uh, tag team champions. He's been in and out of the dragon system basically since he became a presence. But case, why is it very interesting that Fujita Jr. Hayato is on this show? Yeah, I thought it was lit that he, he did this instead of going to the Gleet press conference for the biggest Gleet show of all time that was happening the day after this, that of course he was booked on. That's right. So it was pretty much head to head. Like, yeah, it, it couldn't have been a worse timing for Gleet. And look, it's not, I don't think it's this, I don't I don't think Dragon Gate was calculated in screwing over Glee because I you no. know I I mean hopefully we all realize that the the only war there is just that Glee has a, a corporate financial backing and other than that they really have no imprint in this country and I think we can safely say that now but it was really funny watching watching Fujita come out uh, as a Glee press conference is going on and having him do his thing with Yamato and set up a match for Tokyo uh, Dangerous Gate I thought it was quite awesome 
Yeah, I I think twenty two hundred people kind of refuted any sort of imprint that the next day. I feel yeah, like that's just. I mean, I you know, I, and look, I watched I watched T Hawk versus Tamora this afternoon, and it was, it was you know great match. You know, I, I have nothing bad to say about it, but it was also highly you know people want to talk about yeah i i I don't i don't want to get into the attendance gate mike i don't know if you've seen the the controversy of the no a a building that is always full for dragon gate shows in one angle looks like maybe there aren't some seats sold i don't know fire up the dragon Gate network the show looks fucking packed i don't know what to tell you i'm sorry i ruffled noah's fans feathers a few months ago when i thought god that's a that's an extraordinarily high number in kobe a town that they've never drawn well in ever the ghost of masawa does not draw on kobe i think that's a little odd and i i guess we're we're doing this thing now but uh whew, sorry that, i didn't mean to <laughs> that, that, that gleet sumo hall show good lord uh, just, uh, what, what an embarrassment what just what a bummer you know it, it's all just it bums me out yeah no uh case i watched the entire damn thing and uh uh t-hawk versus tamora again it's great to see t-hawk learn chemistry a decade after it was asked of him uh or does say chemistry a uh, charisma it's nice that t-hawk gained <laughs> charisma a decade after it was asked of him uh my big my big takeaway from that show is that that was a very very expensive way to show everyone your complete ass like that that's all that's to it but, but what 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 was the discord thing i'm sorry to like was this like uh attendance inflation oh yeah people people thought drangate was lying about that they were lying about their attendance because they claimed 1200 1247 they they claimed yeah so they they claimed drangate said 1200 people were comparing it to a best of the super junior show that did 1400 and with a different layout yeah i i I don't know what to tell you it's yeah whatever you know yeah yeah each of these companies have different layouts and i to this day whenever i like i ask about these sorts of things i i cork and and the way they lay things out it differs and uh it's one of those things that we all really don't know what the actual capacity is nowadays like everyone's just like now more than ever cork is confusing it used to be you know 1850 and we called a day but it's not now yeah so I, I guess the way I look at it is with the eyes of what does this building look like when it's 1850? It does look like a two thirds full cork and halt. That does look like 1200 people. Like I, I, I think like that, that was pretty accurate. And at the very least, I, I have not checked about these sorts of things, but I've not been given any reason to doubt the number. But no, I can check. And, and, and to be clear, if we find out otherwise, we'll talk about it. We have no personal stake in Drangate attendance numbers it doesn't yeah. matter to us but it's just one of those deals where it, you know watch the show it, it i've seen i've seen cork and change throughout the years you know i've watched some shows with 400 people in this building it's shows with 600 people it even shows with 800 people and i don't know this this looks like about 1200 on the Drangate network yeah uh but speaking of attendance last year at dangerous gate 1790 for Ata versus yoshioka kind of the biggest match that they could have at that time kind of at least for august of 2023 it kind of felt that way uh the most recent big number there was 2316 for osprey versus okada i i look at this and now i just 2000 seems to be the number to me yeah yeah i i mean two seems to be the win because they were still right. dealing with 
some sort of capacity restrictions for Ata versus Yoshioka last year. And that felt like a really big match. You know, that felt like a big deal when that happened. And you would think between Kukuta being the champion that he's been in the momentum of Minora, that 2000 there, I think everybody walks away pretty satisfied with that number. Yeah, it, it just seems like that there is not as much of a spread possible in Oda right now. So, like, I don't think that it, it's something where, like, we should be anticipating anything enormous, especially with everything. But I can't It seems see. like that building has bad vibes, right? Like, there's something about Oda right now that I just, it feels like everybody is not doing well there. Yeah, it just kind of, it, and I think it's just one of those things that, like, Maybe some of it is that everyone ran everywhere possible for three years. And Oda, although used, like you started to see more Budokans. You started to see other places like there was Yokohama Open Arena. Like, like you had these things happening that kind of influence it. But I, I mean, like last few times I've watched stuff in Oda, I've, I've just been like, oh, it's Oda. It feels kind of weird here. Yeah, very much so. Well, that is a loaded Dangerous Gate card. Full preview next week. Lots of thoughts on all of these matches. Yeah, uh, we touched on it a little bit, uh, but our finalists are predicted uh, King of Gate winner, Big Boss Shimizu. He is in the opener at Dangerous Gate, but that seems to be more just because of car construction more so than anything else, to be honest. But uh, where does it go from here? Yeah, I, I I don't know. It's tough to say. Kind of where are you at? Where where are you at with him? Uh, what what do you think? I think uh, as much as we talked about how natural vibes was that that Jackie Funkame and natural vibes part of his at least like the first year or so of him in there was to act as an understudy and be able to watch you know Ginky and KZ work and work a certain style that would be beneficial to him. I think. He he's at that KZ uh, ceiling. I don't. I, I it, it's something where he uh, just because of numbers and how ages, he's got six. He has he has six monsters in front of him now, and the only reason why Tazawa never got his Dreamgate shot or never won the Dreamgates because he didn't stay long enough. They're going to want to belt all of them up somehow. Like even Strong Machine J. If there's a position where Strong Machine J could get a Dreamgate run, it's going to be in their interest to do so. So now Shimizu has all these people ahead of him, and he had, the opportunity he had to break through to that level is gone. And I think for that sake, unless there's just some other sort of just reinvention, which with this guy it's entirely possible, I think he's kind of hard stuck in upper mid-card. You know what I would like to see him do that he's never done before? I I would really like to see Shimizu be in the same unit as Yamato. They've never they've never been in the same unit before. They're two outstanding tag team wrestlers. They've never tagged before. I feel like that would be the most interesting direction for both those guys. Yeah, because with Shimizu then I, I I guess like the the thing that I wonder with him like you have him teaming with uh, Yamato he works perfectly well as a number two there with that I'm just the commonalities is where I'm going like what what is this built on <laughs> yeah they don't they don't seem like guys other than drinking that have a lot in common hey the last time there was a drinking stable I was the only one who loved it that's true so I don't know if we need to revisit we are deep drunkards. Now it'd be it'd be a weird thing to dust off. 
yeah, like, hey, Kenichi Arai, you're you're getting more work now. You I think he'd back. be disappointed if he heard that. I think, he'd go, oh, shit, I got to work more. That sucks. <laughs> That's fair. But it, it's something where you look at Shimizu and he always has that potential of shot put slam and he can make a claim. But I think that's kind of where he's going to be, or at least in the near future, the near term, where he has now been rehabilitated and his career is at a point where he's able to do that. I, it's just other than teaming with like Yamato and just doing new things, I don't know if it's if things higher than that necessarily are in the cards. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you you gotta have him just go back to being one of the best tag team wrestlers in the world and try to build him up as almost the doy of this generation where, you know, you put him in the ring with any other partner and you know, it's going to be a great match. And I, I think he's hit that point. I mean, we've talked about that before. I, I think she was, who's one of the best tag team wrestlers ever, e- ever. And I know that's a, you know, an extreme statement, but go through the list. Look at his history. It's there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm only reacting to what exists. Yeah. And what exists is someone that, for whatever reason and some of it we know has been uh just locker room stuff and or some or for whatever reason it's just him as dreamgate champion just i don't know like it was always something that i would say out of the two of us i was generally pessimistic about shimizu in that kind of role but i just that there there was an opportunity to do something and it's going to have to take uh, some time for him for that to present itself to him again i guess for sure and uh, that that was not the biggest. That was the biggest thing happening on Corican was King of Gate. Uh, we already talked about Fujita Junior Hayato showing up, and we alluded to this a little bit before. I felt like that at Corican, other than the King of Gate stuff entering, the most fun I had was the fact that they were visiting the storyline of last summer, Mochizuki Junior versus Ishin happening. Almost two years to the day of Ishin's debut. I mention it all the time. They continue to find things for Mochizuki Jr. to do, and that is the most exciting thing possible is when he's in the mix, and they've now got him in the mix yet again with Ishin, all caps Ishin, uh, certainly a different wrestler than the guy that Jr. was going against last year. I'm all for this stuff. I mean, I, I think this is great. This was kind of my high point as well, because not only do we revisit that rivalry, but we got Junior versus Shun for, for some brief moments there. And, you know, although both of these units have been around for a year and a half, essentially, at this point, there hasn't been a lot of Zebrats versus M3K. And I'm looking for more of that. Yeah, and we got more of that over the weekend, where now I don't know if it's something I would put on unit turmoil uh like the uh threat meter like we're we're not at, at, at like threat warning level for m3k versus zebrats but i guess i never really considered the idea of zebrats versus m3k as a feud because of m3k's history as the original heel team that has come around to being kind of babyface due to time versus heels but after what happened in corkin and then also what happened on the house show loop I, i'm intrigued by this i i, I think that'll be a very interesting route for whatever the zebrats is whatever this core is going forward going up against m3k i'm all for it i really want to see what those two units can do together and a prolonged thing i mean i you know i've been the most vocal supporter of keep m3k going everybody wants to rush this unit they want to rush junior into something else I love that, you know, 
uh, 14 months into it. They're still going strong and they're still finding new things to do. You know, Conda stepping up to the plate this year has been a revolution for this unit. It's been able to extend the life of them a little bit longer. And I just think that's great. And it's something that has been pretty needed. It's interesting that uh, now you would always see like some combination of senior with junior and then Susumu. Now the touring tag team or the touring trio is junior Susumu and Kanda. It's not, and it's happened a lot recently. So like they've, they found that way. I think it's Kanda stepping up to do so. Speaking of Masaki Mochizuki, a couple other things happened to him at Corkin. First and foremost, there's going to be an autobiography written by perhaps one of the greatest wrestlers of all time coming out in September. And they had the, the cover of Masaki Mochizuki's autobiography uh, where, he, where I think he would look, we described the look on his face. It was him and Junior posing, him looking pensive, him looking like not happy to do this photograph. He did look a little put off by it. Yeah, but I, I think that's really kind of interesting. Like the, the stuff from Masaki Mochizuki that he's written before, I found very interesting, especially after Koji Katao passing away. Like he, I, that this is a book that I'm going to try to find a way that I can somehow read because I think it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I trust the world out there. There, there will be people that will be able to translate some stuff for us. Oh, absolutely. So, but the second thing to be announced was Mochi Fuji were teaming on this Corkin against, uh, it was against Kai and Shun, I believe, or, or Mochi Fuji, Okando and Yoshida. It was the, it was the match where I was like, oh, we have three fourths of the way to a great match. And then you pointed out Yoshida. But after that match, uh, Masaki Mochizuki announced the autobiography and also, happening at uh, uh dangerous gate case uh mentioned this match as he was doing the rundown it's going to be team wrestle and romance as former uh war roster members misaki mochizuki and tomohiro ishii will team with former uh war office worker don fuji to go against three members of the reiwa six and as case mentioned it was revealed it was strong machine j benkei and yuki oshioka awesome I mean, unexpected and just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and like this is one of those things that I think Dragon Gate has done really well it, when you compare it to the other companies. And that a reality that I know Joe and Rich on the Flapstick have talked about is that there is a belief that a uh, that that a rising flood raises all ships and helping out. Like that's why we had the All Together show. We had like this. And we've seen that in other promotions where you've had like Yuji Nagata go and be a triple crown winner. We've seen that with just appearances, the New Japan Noah stuff. I really like how Dragon Gate has kind of incorporated this because you have on this Dangerous Gate show, you have Fujita Jr. Hayato, you have Tomohiro Ishii, and they're in matches that make sense. And they aren't the big highlight draw matches. It was the same situation with Yamato at uh, Kobe World, but on a little different level because of Hiromu's position as a draw. But it, it was not the match that they used to get people in the building there, but it is something really kind of neat. And it's something that for the fans themselves, like it means a lot more that it's Tomohiro Ishii teaming with Mochi Fuji than if it was going to be Tomohiro Ishii teaming with Yamato, right? Yeah, it's called having depth. You know, this is what happens when you're a well-run promotion. You know, do you know how weird it would be if it was Ishii versus Kakuta for the Dreamgate, but that's the, I mean, that's the way everybody else runs it. You know what I mean? This is, uh, again, you know, the feedback I got from people within the company post Kobe world was we're ecstatic about the attendance. 
We'd love to do it next year without the cage or without some special guest, maybe just without the cage. We're going to continue to see special guests. Now, whether or not they're Lex sponsored or not is very interesting to me. I don't think this Ishii match is Lex sponsored, which means it might be coming uh, out of Drangate's uh, uh, wallet, which is a, a, an interesting development there. But yeah, I think this is so much more interesting than, and no disrespect to Nagata or Kojima or any of the other legends that have had a title run in another promotion, but I don't, I don't know. It would be really weird if Ishii just popped up and was all of a sudden in a main event for the world title, but that's not how Drangate does things, and I like that. And as a callback to us talking about the framework and the structure around Kakuta, um, not Kakuta, around Kota Minora, the last time that there was been like an outsider do that was uh jushin thunder liger where it that did not really help things <laughs> like and, and that was in 2006 this is just not a company that does that yeah just and that that felt i mean you go back and watch that footage it feels very weird i you know i it's the the fine line that is Drangate, the sensitive ecosystem they've cultivated where one outsider or one guy doing two units at the same time you know little stuff like that that might not affect any other promotion it really affects Gate. There's a reason why Hiroshi Yamato is not asked around anymore. Ugh. But hey, hey, it, pr- it, prop, props to Kai. He figured it out. I, I did Kai not figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we're five years now. It's August of uh, August of 2018 was when Kai came in. It's his fifth year anniversary in Gate, And boy, I did I not see him becoming a contracted wrestler and a Dreamgate champion in a really just overall positive force in the promotion. I, what, what a delight that has turned out to be because I hated it at first. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes it works and then a lot of times it doesn't. So makes sense with all that, with, with what's happening with, with dangerous gate and the overall wrestling economy in Japan. But case speaking of happenings in Japan, uh, Jay tweeted this out. It has not really gotten out there, but, uh, some big changes are happening in Nagoya and in Aichi. Uh, the first and foremost, the N- Nagoya International Center, the, our congressional center, it's been called a lot of different things, will be closing soon. And then Aichi Prefectorial Gym in 2025 will be turning into a 17,000-seater that's going to be probably more for B-League than anything. So this is bad news for Dragon Gate. Awful news. You know, losing, and this next time Jay's on the podcast, I I really want to talk to him about this because he's going to know better than anybody. But losing Hakata Star Lanes, which was a special building for them where they always drew well, and now losing this mid-level Nagoya venue where other than New Japan, you know, look, this podcast has made it very clear. Nagoya is Dragon Gate's market, and Stardom's done some nice houses there this year. All Japan has done a nice house there this year. New Japan is New Japan. You know, notably Noah uh, did not do a thousand fans for a GHC title match earlier this year in that building. So the the trend of UT homecoming shows continuing to outdraw big Noah shows uh, lives, and I am just delighted by that. But you know, losing this building sucks, and much like the way it's changed uh, how they treat Fukuoka, uh, long term this could be very bad news for the promotion. Yeah, and it's something that, I mean, we saw in Hakata, we've even seen in Sapporo. This is just, with the way that, like, what this boils down to, sadly, is just a Japan demographic thing. That it, it makes sense that for places like Nagoya, for 
B League is a very ascendant league. It's not as big as the soccer league, but it's really staking a claim to try to become the number three league in Japan. There's probably more interest for Nagoya as a city outside of the Tokyo area to try to do things like that than necessarily catering to the smaller buildings. Like that was almost like exactly what happened with Hakata, that it became an office building. And, and, and your point about Sapporo there real quick, you know, I hadn't even thought about that, but you're right. I mean, we all see the building they're running in Hokkaido now, and that used to be a really big market for them. And they ran a nice building there. And then that building closed and they ran a kind of nice building after that. And that building closed. And now we see where they're at. And, it, you know, nobody likes across Fukuoka as much as they like Takata Star Lanes. Uh, I'll never forget Matt Seidel saying his first time in Hakata, it was the hottest crowd he's ever been in front of. He said that building just felt different. And this Nagoya building is, you know, it, it's very interesting. You know, Drangi does incredibly well here for house shows. And then, and this is not, you know, a knock on anything, but for all Japan, you know, it, they, they ran a, a really big Champions Carnival show there, did just under 1,000 fans this year. And Noah, again, they run GHC title matches there and can't put 900 fans in the building. And Gate just sort of does their thing, their, you know, their weekly spot show, and they continue to draw better than everybody except for New Japan. Um, so it, it's, it's going to be a, a tough loss for them as well. Yeah, and it's just from the sense, and and I'm trying not to talk out of my ass. Like, I can only, like, what I read and how much, like, this. I just get, like, a big sense that, like, demand across the country, like, outside of your Tokyo and Osaka's for, like, these just convention halls is just completely eroded over the generations. So it's not like that Nagoya is going to go, like, we need to have another convention center pop up. No, they're just have people go to the basketball arena. It's just there's just no demand for those anymore and and that's how it really bites dragon gate because there's no reason why dragon gate should go book that b league arena in any stretch of the imagination but they might be forced to because of just demographics yep yeah it, it's gonna be interesting like i said the next time we have jay on which will hopefully be uh at least one more time before the end of the year i why i, I want to have an extended discussion with him because he'll know better than anybody but oh yeah when i heard that news i thought oh that's not that is not good no, it's not. And uh, speaking of Nagoya, they made their stop in Nagoya. That was their last honest swing that started in Tokyo that took them to Yokohama. So not too far, but then to Hiroshima and Nagoya, kind of far. Uh, YouTube stuff case. This Yokohama show, I felt like probably was the best YouTube thing that they had all weekend. Like there was, a, I, I felt like there was a lot of samey stuff here, but this Decourage versus Gold Class trios match. Not as good as the King of Gate final, but it was the second best match of the weekend, I would say. Yeah, what was this, on the fourth? Correct, yeah, the fourth in Yokohama. It's the main event on the upload. Yeah, go watch this match. You know, I I, I thought Minora here was just kind of on another level, and he's not always a guy that sticks out to me in six-man tags. He he is weirdly a Drangate wrestler that always looks more comfortable in a singles environment than he does any sort of multi-man match. But man, he he and Kakuta and he and Yoshioka, they found something there. I, I mean, I, again, I, I've become once more incredibly bullish on Coach Minora simply through the fact that he was able to axe through uh, the the trauma, the sludge, the 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 trouble of last year, and has come out. I think a better wrestler for it. Uh, certainly a more charismatic wrestler. I mean, that was the thing that jumped out to me. 
in the Shimizu match, and then again on this house show, was he was you know he was portrayed as almost like a stoic rookie, and then you know a bimbo and and a guy that didn't really talk a lot. Uh, is it just me? Did you notice just how charismatic he came across in the ring uh, over this past week? Yeah. So one of the knocks about Minora, like leading into COVID, was he's got nearly everything. We don't know if he has charisma, and this week, I mean. If it's either the confidence knowing that, hey, this is time now, that now he's like gearing up there, or if it's the fact that you have the uh, two years of near misses endearing yourself to the to the crowd and that gives you confidence. But he wrestles and he conducts himself as much more of a confident person as you look at how things were before King of Gate and after. And some of that definitely is like he does seem like he's finally putting together a promo. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it, it's really exciting to watch. Can I throw two pieces of news at you really quick? Some un uh some unplanned topics. All right, what's up? All right, did you see the Starcast announcement? Uh, there. I thought they just had a Starcast this weekend with SummerSlam. Are they already yeah, preparing but, but, stuff? Yeah, but the the one the one in Chicago. No, no, I I didn't. Who was announced? They have booked Toshiaki Kawada. Well, that's good for him. You know? I I am not a meet and greet guy. That's not my thing. But you know what? That is fucking cool. Good. And as somebody who always rips on Eddie Kingston, good mm-hmm. for Eddie. I watched the video of him and Kawada meeting each other, and it was very nice, and it was very sincere, and yeah. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, Eddie made it through the G1 without getting hurt. Congratulations to him. I didn't think that was possible. I still think he's a goober. I still don't always like watching him wrestle, but the video of he and Kawada together was very, very nice. And he appears to have gotten him booked for Starcast, which is awesome. Yeah, I'm just imagining uh, my uh, my partners coming with me to, or we're making this into a trip up to Chicago for Labor Day and All Out. And I w- not that there's been negotiating, but I've been like, all right, you, I don't have wrestling stuff going on Friday or Saturday. We'll go explore the city, do fun stuff here Sunday. We've got wrestling stuff. I'm, not, I'm now imagining me trying to describe to a to someone who's much who if you need to know anything about Bravo shows and reality television, go talk to her about her about it. But if I brought up, hey, so there's this guy, uh, Toshiaki Kawada. He's one of one of the 20 best wrestlers of all times. He owns a ramen shop and he's known for being very surly. He's doing his first signing in the States. I want to go to it. I don't think that's going to go over well case. Maybe I don't know. You, you, you sold you sold me on it. Was it the surliness? It was. It was the surliness. So, so what was the other news item? Have you seen the cover of Weekly Puro this week? Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, it proves everything that we've been saying about that magazine for the last two years, doesn't it? Yeah, I I follow some native uh, Japanese accounts on Twitter, and one of them in particular really harps on the fact that Drangate never gets on the cover of the magazine and it's like their personal vendetta. They get really upset over it. And I just, I only see it through translated tweets and it just always makes me laugh where I think the last time Drangate was on the cover of that magazine was Yoshino's retirement. And that was two years ago, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I have the two last Dragon Gate covers. It was Yoshino and then it was 2-4-2019. Which was KZ versus uh, Doi? Who was that? KZ KZ, versus Pac? Yep. It's the one that he's walking in, and and the inscription is YB number two when you could be the only one. Cool as hell photo. 
but those are the last time and it's just a reality one of the fact that dragon gate even though it has its position in the in the country it's not based in tokyo they're not sending people out to kobe or on tour to get photos and interview guys and three have you picked up like a uh weekly pro wrestling like, have you ever seen like inside of him before case yeah yeah I, I i the last one i have was the yoshino retirement one actually but uh yes i'm i'm aware full of ads and full of ads for conglomerates products so for those that haven't seen it it's it's the cover of the gleet roster at sumo hall doing like a is lindeman cutting a promo and is ibushi in this or is that someone yeah that no is ibushi. suicide oh my uh, god uh, uh, yeah uh i i know that now like his appendicitis or whatever is yeah no he does not look good well okay i just i want to get your your thoughts on that yeah uh, uh, the, yeah. The, the, uh when i saw that it was eye roll emoji and then yeah i i, I know which account you're talking about that always does that and yeah, I it's very be funny like, i i like that that's the issue that they've uh they've taken to yeah 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 we all have to have our we all have to have our our uh, one mills to tilt at. I guess I was going to say I was going to say like lie in the sand or or like that. But back to YouTube stuff. Yeah, the, the, this match. I know we always like we said like Red versus Masquerade would have been the replacement. Like this was the first time that I was like, oh yeah, no, uh, Gold Class versus Decourage. Like this was like such a complete performance. And as you were saying, like you don't always see that from Minora in these kind of matches. And it's something that we can kind of keep track of as they go into Hakata and Kunamoto this weekend as well. Uh, Case, uh, a match and an angle that they ran on this YouTube show that I thought was really a whole lot of fun was the uh, Twingate stuff. What was your thought about the, it kind of led off from a, uh, the show in Hiroshima, and then they had a number one contendership for the Twingate match at a dangerous gate at Nagoya. Now you might remember, hey, that was a throwaway match when Case was in that rundown. You're right, because it was a double count out because Zebrats tied uh the Kung Fu Masters wrist to the entranceway, and then Susumu and Kanda did not take kindly to this and box attacked them off the apron for the double count out. Yeah. I, you know, for anybody that hasn't seen this, it's a fun angle the way they get to it where Hyo and Kai, like Mike said, they duct tape jason and jackie to the to the entranceway they go to make their way back into the ring and then they're taking off the apron right at 19 which i thought was a great spot I, i'm all for it because i think the twin gate match is going to be good i like these two teams uh being involved so uh, for me it resonated more so just because i like what's going to come next i really like the eight-man tag that was in hiroshima it was it was KZ, shimizu jason lee and jackie funky kamei versus shun hi kyo and Ishin. Uh it, it it was something where this match turned up when they decided that JFK was going to be the focus of it. Uh him and Kai have some tremendous chemistry. And it's something that I don't always notice, but I think that's gonna lend really well to the match. And then just like there's like an insane spot towards the finish where Shimizu goes to the floor and in this Hiroshima building it's all concrete and you just see him go and did not appear and you hear a thud and you're just like oh christ i i thought this match ruled i was four stars on it another really enjoyable one i'm not as quite as high as you were but still i i thought everything on the youtube uploads this weekend for the most part you know the stuff that looked good was good and the stuff that didn't look great wasn't painful 
Yeah, it was all pretty kind of nice stuff. I did not watch uh, Yoshiki Kato teaming of Sachioko Boy against Benkei and BB Hulk. I just that that, that was just it was, it was fine. Yeah, yeah but uh, Nagoya, we talked about this last week, and we and and Jay mentioned this on commentary in Cork and Cork uh, and the tenth anniversary match for Nagoya Native UT. It was not even the main event of this, so they outdrew uh, Noah's JHC title match with the uh, with the draw being in the semi. It was KZ versus UT. Uh, the finish was uh, KZ uh, cranks him with one running elbow. Use UT pops up and tells him to give him more, and then KZ just cold cocks him right in the jaw and pens him. Uh, interesting match. Uh, not what I was expecting, but I thought this was like really kind of cool. Not necessarily the response I was anticipating that. No, not the match I was expecting. I thought it was good. I wanted it to be great. It, you know, it's it's ultimately an inconsequential match. If anything, it might lead to the UT heel turn, but they've done a number of things that have already contributed to that. So I think it's a match you should watch, but for me, it did not reach my expectations. Yeah, they just kind of had a... And maybe it is that it happened five days after King of Gate was over, or four days. It felt like a King of Gate match, kind of, to be fair. Yeah, and yeah that's, a, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, and, and it was something that, like, UT, like, the moments to shine for UT, like, UT was pulling stuff out towards the end of it, but this was just something that, I mean, I, it was the third best YouTube upload, but it was against two other notebook matches, <laughs> but it was, it was good, but it was one of those things that I thought was, for as excited as I was, I was let down. Well, I think, I think that's a good way of looking at this weekend, to, to book in from the start of the podcast. This was a very good weekend for Dragon Gate. We somehow left with less talking points than I think we all expected because King of Gate, they just kind of did a really solid bang-up job there and then moved on with their life. And the weekend shows, everything was pretty good. And then we got a Dangerous Gate card, and it's pretty good. And so it's just a weekend where things weren't necessarily the most exciting, but things deliver the way that they should. Absolutely. And before we get out of here, I'm going to run down what's coming up this week for Dragon Gate. They have two house shows coming up in Kunamoto celebrating Ginky Horiguchi's 25th anniversary. The first one is in uh, Kemiya Makasi. Why did I try to pronounce that? I, just, I don't know. Okay. Uh, have, you, uh, have you looked at what this town name is? Kamiya Makisa. Kamiya let, me, let, me, let me take a quick look here. It, you know, it, I, it, I, this is. This is a tough one. This is just like how when Daiki Yanagiuchi showed up, I was like, "Case, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to nail this," but somehow K I did. Kamiya Makisa. Kamiya Makisa is the first night. Thank you, Case. What, what's, the, what's the word after that? Oyano. Oyano. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Well. Genki's boy. What, what? 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 A what a battle that is. All those words together. Yeah, and then they're, they're staying in Kunamoto the next day. Arayo Sugo Bunka Center for that one, but then they. They close out the weekend, and then all the um, they don't have another show after this until Dangerous Gate with a cross Fukuoka. Uh, it's a day night, and the first night is going to be free on the Dragon Gate Network as long as you sign up. I don't think they require you to put down a credit card number or PayPal account for a free uh membership, but you do have to sign up for that. Uh, going through the afternoon show. KZ, Shimizu, and UT versus Skywalker, Kai, and Hio. Kaito Nagano versus Menorita and Kaito Nagano's hometown. I'm ready for that one. Uh, Strong Machine J and Hoho versus Ginky and Kagatora. 
Dragon Kid, Jason Lee, and Jackie Funky Kamei versus Ultimo, Susumu, and Kanda. Misaki Mochizuki versus Ishin. And then for the main event, we have Madoka Kakuda, Yuki Yoshioka, and Yamato versus Kota Minora, Binkei, and BB Hulk. I, I think there's a lot on this afternoon show that interests me. And Fukuoka's had a good stretch as of late. I, I co-sign that. I, I think both of these cards look pretty nice, and I, I'm, I'm probably a little bit more into this one just because of the intrigue of Nagano versus Minorita and Mochi versus Isham. Yeah, I'm absolutely there with you. The evening show, Yamato, Kagatora, Nagano versus Gold Class, Minora, Benkei, and Minorita. Ultimo, Ginki, and UT team up against Misaki, Mochizuki, BB, Hulk, and Hoho Loon. Well, I know what... Ginky, I know what Ultimo and UT are going to talk about on the apron. Don't know if Ginky has like Yaveos that are his favorite. Yeah, I, 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 I can't speak to that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, then we have after that, um, Doka Kakuda and Yuki Yoshioka versus KZ and Strong Machine J. Match for All Star Junior Festival USA send off special singles match. Dragon Kid versus Shun Skywalker, and then the main event for the two shows in Hakata. We have. M3K, Susumu, Kanda, and Junior versus Natural Vibes, Shimizu, Lee, and Kamei, and then Kai, Hyo, and Ishan Azibrats. It's a three-way to preview the three-way at Dangerous Gate. Very fun stuff there. I, I'm looking forward to this weekend. Yeah. Uh, KZ and Strong Machine J. I like that tag team as a concept. Certainly one that makes me question who's going to take the fall there, and I'm leading KZ. Yeah, yeah, especially with Kakura and Yoshioka on the other side of that. But that's what Dragon Gate has coming up this next week, and we'll be back next Tuesday to talk about that and to preview next Sunday's Dangerous Gate card. It's 12 days. Gosh, it's a, this one really sl- uh, snuck up on us, Case. Yeah, very much so, but I'm looking forward to it. A full big old preview next week for what should be a very good show, and then obviously coverage the week after. Absolutely. And that's going to do it for this week on Open the Voice Gate. Follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. Case is that underscore. In your case, I'm at Fuchiheya. Thanks for listening to Open Voice Gate. We'll be back with you next week. Take care, everyone. Hey, now, it's Mike Gilbert, host of the Mike and JD Show, right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Join JD by God Oliva and myself every Thursday night live on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we stay up all night discussing all the hottest stories in professional wrestling. You can also check us out right here on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting feed or you can subscribe to the Mike and JD Show feed. Now, enjoy the show. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.